0: And we're live welcome to late night looters join on me monday night
1: monday 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 monday
0: Monday, Monday. i am a jedi I am... co-host
1: i'm i'm rain no. and i am cs okay, so... 1140 <laughs> sorry I didn't mean remember to remember
0: the shit show fellas <laughs> welcome welcome starting it off right monday
2: for us <laughs>
1: yeah Oh, it oh is. It is God. Monday, isn't it? Yes. What,
0: and I'm suffering what from day, a bad cases anymore. Yeah.
1: What day even is it anymore? Bad <laughs> case of the Mondays. Movie. T- oh. Time is an illusion, guys. <laughs> Make it up as we go.
0: That's the best part.
1: Fuck it. I mean, fuck it. We'll do it live. That's you know, that's I what, that's what we're, work doing. Work tomorrow, we're doing.
0: We're doing it live, like... guys. <laughs> You're going back to work tomorrow.
2: I have to go back to work tomorrow. So, like, I need to get my shit together.
0: Going honestly. back Welcome to work to on
2: a Monday or a Tuesday, Tuesday rather. Yeah, I, that's why I took Monday off. <laughs> <This is the laughs> I didn't didn't want to start on Monday. Monday. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I scent. could have a relaxed Monday. Although tomorrow's going to suck cuz I have meetings basically from 8 to 4:30. Yikes. I have like an hour break. I have like a 1-hour break and then probably like a half hour here or there, but that's it. Yeah, that's uh the rest of the day is packed. Of that, is a, so that is gonna a that is a big one. I mean, I guess that's what happens when
1: you go on vacation for a week. You come back and everybody wants your attention.
0: He's been on vacation since this started. What is up with that? He no, has, I haven't. He, he has
1: not been on vacation <laughs> since this started. No, I've only been he's on been, vacation for the past been, week. He's been working at home, which is not the same as yeah. being on
2: vacation. It's vastly different than me. You
0: know. I'd call it a vacation. i get to wake no. up and not even get dressed and go to work.
2: <laughs> I mean, that's not a vacation, though, because I'm still working. Yeah. There's still shit to get done. There's still a lot of shit to get done. So, like, yeah, There's yeah. still a lot that goes on. All right, all right, all right. All right.
1: What do we want to talk about tonight, guys?
0: Well, I would like to uh I got a few points. I'm just going to throw them out there and then we can just get into whatever right. you
1: want. Sounds good. So
0: tonight, I'd like to talk about sportsmanship, coming together for a common goal, okay. and the returning of sports. Those sports. are my points.
1: Sounds good. We, we 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 chatted a little bit last episode about about sports. Sort of, I guess. Yeah. I guess returning might be the wrong word, but you know, yeah. making having yeah. a, having a presence in, in the in the world right now as it is.
0: Well, yeah. it's funny you mentioned that sports are already here, but I'm I'm more inclined to talk about like there's a short schedule coming for Formula One, the NBA unlocking their doors mm-hmm. to voluntary practices those sort of things
1: interesting that that's that's exciting uh, that, that's interesting that NBA is doing that i can see how formula one could still be something that's kind of like acceptable in in the world right now because i assume it's relatively easy to social distance while you're driving cars <laughs>
2: the, so while that is true i would think that it's not because you have a lot of track members, or, you know, there's a lot of track yeah. personnel that are there. There's a lot of crew members that are there. And while theoretically those guys could, you know, the, the people on the teams could social distance and since they're going to be around their team the whole time, probably not a big deal. Yeah. So assuming they live on the road for a period of time. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, the, the track workers and whatnot, that would be the real thing. You know, the real difficult part yeah. would yeah. be having those people social distance and whatnot when they're talking, you know, interfacing with all the different teams and and whatnot?
1: Yeah, I guess like like that's that's sort of. I'm I'm wondering if they, have they, do you know if they've set defined dates for these things coming back, Jedi? I'm... Okay,
0: so let's just get to the source here. Uh, I follow Formula One, so I get news updates in my email and everything like that because I'm an avid fan. But per this email, it says the season has a start date. They're looking at. The first race being in Austria, Austria on the third through the fifth of July weekend. Okay. So it being a twenty-eight race season, they're cutting it down to eighteen, mm. and depending on how things go on the back end of the season, fit in ten more races.
1: Okay, hmm. that's interesting. Well, I, I, I guess I guess we'll just—it's just kind of a thing where we'll have to see what. What the world look like, looks like when it gets closer to that date, and if that date remains, you know, possible for them, I guess.
2: Yeah.
0: I mean, to be fair, I'm I'm with them putting their heads together for so so many months now. What three months of what are we gonna do? All the revenue we're losing, etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. It just makes sense to say, okay, this thing yeah. has kind of slowed down. Let's do it up a little bit. So,
2: would they start racing and just have race personnel, track personnel, and team personnel be out there, or because the, I'm assuming they wouldn't still allow spectators and whatnot?
0: No, they're projecting that July start Whoa. opening the doors. For, that's for, like, for spectators, me, that's even early. because I've what I've well, what I mean, I've
1: heard because working in the event in the events industry, I've heard that mm-hmm. like even once things start being open again, we're not going to be able to have you know decent size events for, like, six months to a year afterwards because we're still going to oh. be social distancing. To- well, per the
0: rest of this email, it says, we're targeting a start date, obviously, in Europe through July, August, and beginning of September, and then set, uh, October, November, they would go to Eurasia, mm. and then Asia. So it seems like they're breaking it down where, instead of just bouncing around everywhere where their tracks are, Mm -hmm. They're concentrating to, okay. all these tracks that are local in Europe, we're going to hit those first, Mm -hmm. then go over to Asia, Eurasia, and then to the U.S. Because there's two races in the U.S. or one. one, I don't remember fully. And then you go to Bahrain, Qatar, all that stuff at the very end of the season. Yeah,
1: I just part of me feels like it's an it's an optimistic
0: goal. Um, it is but, but that well, Tyson in mean, it's it's, ex- it's
1: the kind of thing only time will tell we'll
2: see
0: yeah well if Tyson doesn't... go ahead go
2: ahead see i'm my concern is opening stuff up too early and having big events like that and i think a lot of people yeah, so even if they do open the doors and they're like oh yeah we can have everybody in you know any- everyone's allowed you know i feel like people will still not go yeah because yeah. it'll be televised so i feel like a lot of people will still so either socially distance themselves and go I'm not going to that or I mean if they're taking it seriously if they're not taking it seriously at that point then the, the you know the floodgates will be open and we'll see what happens but yeah well it just seems odd to try to open it up that that quickly you know as quickly as July
1: yeah especially when things are still so up in the air right now
0: yeah well a lot of things are up in the air but okay so all these all these points that I've written down mm-hmm. kind of roll over into the next one. Um <laughs> And so I've got it as returning of formula one in July. Right. But then uh the NBA as early as this Friday is trying to open up practices to voluntary, like it's a volunteer yeah. practice. You can come in if you want at your risk. Um But this, again, with them doing that, this rolls into my next point, which is, we haven't really touched on it in the show yet, but I think it's time that we do because it's a big headliner.
1: Mm-hmm.
3: And
0: that is the political issue for each state to do whatever you want. Yeah. So if if Miami is saying, "Yeah, we're going to open up our parks and stuff." And the and the NBA is tied into the the stadium right there, or the mm-hmm. the arena, and they're saying, "Okay, you can open, let's open our doors too for practice." It's voluntary, mm-hmm. so there is a risk, you know,
2: Yeah. I mean, I mean, the thing is, though, I think at that level of sports, everything is voluntary to an extent. You know what I mean? Like, you can say, I don't feel safe doing this. This puts my life in jeopardy. I don't want to do this.
0: But they did clarify that it's voluntary per state.
2: Yeah. And since they're doing the whole open, you know, each state as they want, that's probably the correct statement by the NBA saying, okay, you guys can have practices if you want to, you know, yeah, voluntary each team and so like a team that is in a state where you know i was talking to my parents uh, we have family up in alaska and they you know alaska's shut down as well and they were talking about reopening it because they have so few cases and up there it'd be so easy to quarantine like a single city because everything's so spread out yeah right whereas just, a like, place like florida or michigan it'd be much harder to pull that off
1: yeah i, th- I just think my my biggest concern with it is it sets a dangerous precedent of, you know, being like, it's okay to go do this when I really don't think we're at that
2: point yet. But if it's just teams practicing, if it's just the players and the coaches and that's it, then...
0: But the the thing that I'm having an issue is, and and I agree with CFs and, and you too, Rain. day late and a dollar short at this point, in terms of what's already happened and then what potentially could happen, I mean, if you're not taking it too serious, but yeah. looking at the the points here, it is kind of political to say, okay, I'm the I'm the president. I'm leaving whatever happens up to each individual state. Now, what if one state's completely locked down? Yeah, and then I the other I, state's I completely wide open.
1: I still think it's it's not. It, I think that there should be a, a countrywide mandate for it because, you know, there are quite a few states that are completely ignoring the danger. Um, and, and wow. like, like, Arkansas, I think, hasn't released, hasn't done any sort of stay-at-home order or anything. Um, Negative. And me- meanwhile, states like the DMV, uh, Maryland, D.C., and Virginia, have, like, if, if you're a visitor from another state, it's a mandatory 14-day quarantine if you're coming yeah. to visit
2: that's how it is in ohio at the same time i believe it's 14 day quarantine yeah mandatory. And
1: i'm i mean i think that's the way to go like i think like yeah. we need to be taking this seriously and i think the we're gonna see a, a negative impact from the people who are not taking it seriously
3: mm-hmm.
0: i i do agree <laughs> um, we' we'll am just play devil's advocate again on this <laughs> Because at, at some point, you're right. At, at some point, everybody in the country, mainly that I've spoken to, and it's been quite a few people because I work with a lot of people at one shot, yeah. has said, shut the place down. Just shut it all down.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Better safe than sorry. And then on the back end of everything, you make your money back.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. You
0: know, what's more important? And I, I'm going to open up a can of worms by saying Oof. it, but what's more important? The almighty dollar? or individuals lives that spend your almighty dollar.
1: Different people are going to give uh, you different on answers to that, that question. You to ask.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you're
1: and right. I, and I think we all know what the correct answer is, but the correct answer for somebody else might be different.
0: Well, it's correct especially the, correct answer, especially you know, the, the people link a 2 cents. Yeah.
2: We all know what the moral answer is. We don't we we also yeah. know that there are some people that uh, that don't, that don't care it about that. Shove that it moral answer would go with what the bottom dollar
0: is. Okay, well, moral answer do I go out to the grocery store with a mask on or mask off? Do I infect somebody that I might not know I'm infected or a carrier? Or so, do they go are, do out without one too?
2: So are you saying in that in that instance, are you saying that you are a carrier, that you know you have it and you're choosing no. to do this anyway? Or are you you saying that you've been following the orders, you've been at home, you're out of food and you need to go to the grocery?
0: I need to go those to are the grocery. Those are two I'm very, out very out different situations. Paper, I'm out well, of food, I'm out of everything.
1: So I like when we go out every once in a while to like go get food or whatever like there's an alarming amount of people that we see who are outside interacting (laughs) with people without any sort of protection whatsoever um and maryland has a put out a mandate that like it's mandatory for you to have face coverings on when you're in a place of retail or like any public gathering place place right now yes so all of the grocery stores and everything around here like they have they have it posted that you cannot go inside unless you have a mask on. Well, um, okay. I, so... I mean, I think that's that's the things that need to be done to flatten the curve and and end this crisis. But uh, there are a lot of people who disagree with that, and we've seen that with all the the protests and everything of people, you know, demanding that we reopen when it's very def it, like it's definitely not time for that yet.
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, my wife four days out of a week okay before all this happened let's go backwards right Mm -hmm. before all this happened she'd go out walking even jogging i mean you yourself Mm -hmm. rain you said you go out for your walks yeah she would go out there nobody like ghost towns yeah and here they are now it looks like it's a festival with people walking and running and biking and because people have
1: nothing to do and so they're not even covered yeah and that's the problem like it's it's understandable to be going outside when you're stuck in quarantine and stuck at home but you need to still be protecting yourself and protecting others by using masks and and that sort of thing and it's so I mean, again
0: it goes back to what cs said moral answer i'm going to yeah. go out with my family without face masks no 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 you shouldn't go stupid. out with no
2: you shouldn't go out with your family If you're You're going to, if you need need food, you should go. You should send one person out. they get the stuff that you need and they come back.
0: Well, see, that's how it is in Italy, and I'm glad you touched on that because Because they're given 200 meters outside of the home, and then you get a ticket.
1: Yeah,
2: yeah. Well, and the thing is, like up up here, you're supposed to. You're not supposed to go to the store with your full family. I see groups of people at the grocery store hanging around talking. Like, and I've been like, I want to get in and get out when I go to the grocery. Like I've been stuck behind multiple people and trying to keep my distance, but I know I can walk if I could walk around them. They're walking down the center of the aisle at a snail's pace, just meandering. And I'm like, this is not the place to go for a walk. Like you should speed run through the store, not, you know, run, obviously, but like you should speed walk through the store, get the stuff you want and then go home and like go for a walk in a park or go for a walk on a side, you know, somewhere else. It's
1: like like those are people. Those are the people who aren't understanding the levity of this and who aren't taking it seriously. Um, and, and I mean, I see it all the time here too. And and like all the people who are walking outside without masks on all the people who, you know, try to go into a grocery store without a mask on and get, you know, rebuffed by the employees or whatever. It's like the, those are people who aren't taking it seriously. And, and the, you know, the actions of our leaders and stuff are really are certainly not helping with that.
2: Yeah. Now I don't have any masks because I didn't want to go out and stockpile or buy any because I didn't mm-hmm. want to pull masks out of the hands of people who actually need them. Because I know yeah. we we were in a short supply at the beginning of this. Yeah. So I go out without a mask, but I'm also tr- keeping my distance. I get out of my car, hands in the po- hands in my pockets. Go to the store, only grab what I can carry in a basket. Scan out. Yeah. Leave. You know, leave as quickly as possible, and then. I'm in my car for the rest of the yeah. time. So you're well,
0: gone 10, 15 minutes, whereas others take like an hour.
2: Yeah. And well, what, yeah. What, what I see a lot is, you know, because
1: you're right, not everyone has masks, but I see a lot of people using bandanas and things like that. Yeah. Like pretty much like any sort of face covering mm-hmm. will help. Like it doesn't necessarily have to be a full mask, but like a bandana or, you know, a shirt or a scarf or what, or what have you, like any sort of face covering helps. Um, and just the, the amount of people I see without anything is mm-hmm. is concerning.
2: Yeah, well, luckily I mean, up here, most people I see out have been have do have masks on. Um, I do see a lot of people not using g- gloves correctly though. Yeah, where they're they have gloves on and they're touching their face and everything, and I'm like, that's literally not helping you at all. Like you're yeah. you're, you're defeating. I'm the not wear gloves. gloves. <laughs> like,
0: well, like I said, I wanted to start the show with this because I know COVID. We've touched on COVID yeah. a lot and. Mm-hmm. Be, Beat the horse. Yeah, enough on it. We should we
1: should try not to beat it too much more. <laughs> right,
0: but at least because of sports and them saying okay, everything's yeah. mandatory or uh, voluntary. voluntary. Mm-hmm.
3: Yeah,
0: and then you're leaving everything in the in the hands of the states. It's so a big headline, so why I, not lead with it?
2: Yeah, and I struggle going back and forth with leaving it in the hands of the states versus leaving it in the hands of the president because. I I don't think that they know enough about the conditions in each state to enforce a, uh, you know, to say, okay, your state can open or your state can open yeah. or your state can open. They need from a country standpoint need to either go nobody opens and everyone stays locked down until the country as a whole beats it or they decide, okay, you know, your state is, you know, on the flat end of the curve or on the lower end of the curve. Now you can you can choose to open if you want to. Yeah. But You know, we're going to run into similar problems anywhere. And with in the United States, how easy it is to move from state to state. Yeah. You know, in Michigan, ours got extended till the 15th. My parents said uh, in Ohio, theirs is supposed to end on the 1st of May. And so if there's ends on the 1st of May and I'm allowed to travel down there again, I might go visit, you know, visit them or, you know, go do something like that just to get the hell out of here. But like, it's hard to, you know, it's hard to say do I follow yeah. my own state's rules at that it point is, or do I follow the state's rules that I'm going into.
1: Yeah, it is interesting and I think a lot of this is going to show some of the uh, the competency of our leaders based on how they're mm-hmm. reacting to this because yeah. you know there are some states who are very clearly, you know, doing what they should be and reacting the right way and then there are mm-hmm. some states that are very clearly not. Yeah. Um, and and you know, hopefully that will make those things apparent to the people living in those states and the people who are not competent will no longer be in office <laughs> yeah. i mean the, the big thing is fingers is crossed
2: people, yeah to go out and actually vote next yeah. time around because that's been a large issue at uh at every election yeah that i'm i'm been.
1: a little worried about how the primaries are going to be going on in uh in maryland here because um i don't know if you guys saw but when wisconsin was going through primaries um biden encouraged people to go out and vote even though everyone else was saying, "Hey, don't do that."
0: Yeah, because, but he caught backlash after the fact. Yeah,
1: he he caught a bunch of backlash for that. Um, well, and, that's
2: good. But is there another way to go vote, or do I have to go to the primary? Well, that's vote?
1: that's, that's an absentee thing, is, ballot. Is, you can a but, primary. Uh, yes, you can. Um, okay. But they've not been very good about making that accessible during this time of yeah. crisis because voter suppression. And on top of that, in Wisconsin, during when that primary happened, they closed all but five voting places in the entire city of Milwaukee.
2: That.
0: Wow.
1: And so everyone in the entire city of Milwaukee had to go to one of five different voting places, which, when everyone's trying to social distance, is not great.
2: <laughs> I remember seeing pictures of people like around city blocks, just yeah. like six feet apart.
1: Yeah, and I'm, 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 a, I'm a little worried about how it's going to go when the primaries come around in Maryland, yeah. which is at the end of this month.
2: Um, so... We'll see. So, my question is because I thought everyone dropped out of the race at this point other than Biden. Um, Bernie, um,
1: he said he was no longer going to be campaigning. So he is and, still, he and, and he endorsed Biden. And he endorsed Biden, but he's still on the ballot. Um, and so, the most so basically, voting for him gives him more delegates and more power to use when the DNC happens. And so, he can lobby harder for his whatever issues that he's concerned about
2: okay seems very uh it's, i don't know the whole primary system yeah, the, seems the flawed of, and jacked yeah, up honestly it is
1: The i mean the whole electoral system is 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 messed up but i don't want to get into that <laughs> no i
2: i didn't i didn't want to get into the presidential <laughs> side i just wanted to get into the the primary season seems like it's all jacked up because yeah, it, it it's like it's very easy to influence and move and force things to go a specific direction
1: it is and, and we've seen that a lot like I I mentioned voter suppression when talking about Wisconsin mm-hmm. a lot of the places that were closed were in low income areas um, and, and that happens, happens that happens a lot voting places will be closed in low income areas and those people will be forced to either find another voting place or not be able to vote um, well, and, and that, was... that historically has been a thing that's happened a lot
0: I would say maybe, maybe for our show at the time of the races, we can uh, you know add our two cents into the mix. We're just yeah. Joe Schmoes. Well,
2: when we and when we get there, I'm sure we will because that's <laughs> that's gonna be, that's today. gonna be a hot
1: topic. <laughs> it's
2: gonna well, be a very yeah, hot exactly. topic. I mean, but you know, knowing what's gonna happen, you know, two or three months from now is you know it's a little it's a little tough to know. Like there could be some major breakthroughs that happen. Yeah. And allow us to return earlier. But it's it's hard to say.
1: Yeah. One of my biggest concerns right now is that we're still going to be in quarantine when the presidential election rolls around Mm -hmm. and that they're not going to properly make voting accessible to people. Yeah. That is my biggest concern in the political sphere right now. Um, But it's you know, we don't know what's going to happen with that yet.
0: Yeah. Um, cross that bridge when it comes, then. Right? Yeah, and I—I'm well,
1: very—I'm very concerned about how the current administration is going to deal with that if that yeah. becomes the situation, especially because it's advantageous for them to suppress voters. <laughs> yeah. So,
2: yeah, we'll what? have to anyway. <laughs> we'll have to see how that goes. We should keep an eye on it, so that way we're not—it's uh, not like it just gets there and we're all surprised, you know? Yeah start asking your leaders about, you know, your state leaders and whatnot, uh, who either who either who run the polls. Or I don't know who to talk to. Talk to somebody who's <laughs> at that level, you know, upper level of government in your state to be like, hey, how are we going to handle this? And Ask them early, because if they if they put it off, put it off, put it off to like two weeks beforehand, they're not yeah. going to be ready. But if we start the conversation now, they could be yeah. ready for November versus, you know, and knowing that they need to spool up those. You know, all, all of us, especially,
1: especially since I think a lot of people right now are in the mode of, oh, it'll be done by then.
2: Yeah. And, and I don't think it will
1: we be. don't know if that's going to be the case.
0: <laughs> so um, I will say as as far as the coronavirus goes, there is a documentary on the coronavirus. I don't know how in depth it is. I will check it out this week and report back on Monday, but it is on Netflix. Okay. It is available. If you guys get time, it might be uh, it might be worth a watch.
2: So, man, I have to get Sounds Netflix good. again.
1: <laughs> you can use my account. I can share. I can share. Exactly. <laughs> or I guess it's not even my account. It's my friend's account. But you know, <laughs> share your Netflix accounts. Fuck the corporations. <laughs> <laughs> fuck <My> capitalism. <laughs> um,
3: anyway,
0: let's let's move on I'm out sure. of the political sphere. <laughs> yeah 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 no that I mean, like I said, it's a big headline, yeah, for sure worth noting if you know get our two cents on it,
2: yeah, well, one of the things I did want to talk about this week is so in the past two months, there were two speed runs that were completed uh that beat sixteen year old standing records in both 007, I think Goldeneye. I'll have to check on that I th- again I think the
1: video you liked was was goldeneye that
0: still yeah. runs.
2: <laughs> I mean, yeah.
1: they they run it on the original consoles mostly. The they time.
2: have to they have to run them on the original consoles.
0: I can't. <laughs> I'm not going backwards. Uh, well, it's it's,
1: <laughs> it's wild with speed runs a lot because a lot of the exploits for that people use for the speed runs, like they only work on that original console because of how well, that console worked.
2: Well, and they only work on that, and some of the strats that were devised only work on those consoles because if you put in, in an emulator, unless that emulator perfectly emulates the thing, you know. But there are there are times where I think there was one emulator where they tied the timing in game to the clock speed, and so we got some newer computers with these high clock speeds, and the in-game time was rapid. Yeah, and so it was just wild until they forced it to like <laughs> to only use a certain amount of it because it was just too fast. But you know, with a lot of these speed runs and these records, they are very specific about you know what you know what consoles you can run it on. Yeah. Um. They don't, a lot of people, there's, there's a lot of arguments of emulators versus non-emulators because, um, I mean, for those different reasons, the game will run better and because some of the speedruns, some of the limitations that make it slower is because the game can't load stuff that fast. Yeah. But if you put it on an emulator with, the you know, brand new technology, the game's going to run like lightning speed and yeah. it can handle everything. And so. Um, I also,
1: I also know on, on some speedruns, like shutting off the console and restarting the game. Is a mm-hmm. part of the strategy for the speed run,
2: yeah. Which, is, which is kind reset. of wild, <laughs> well, what I'm <laughs> assuming they're doing is they're resetting all the RAM and stuff yeah. on the console yeah. to only load from that point forward.
1: Yeah, and and it's and some enough. of some of it is, I think, in some of them, it's faster to do that than to sit through a cutscene. Yeah, or to or to you know travel back to the to the base hub or whatever. Yeah, or what have you. on on a lot <laughs> of them, there's all
2: sorts of like load glitches people have figured out where they hmm. they pause at a correct time and it yeah it'll skip a cutscene or force it to to go faster yep. or like totally <laughs> skip
1: a thing who um, does that
2: a lot of people yeah there's know. a lot of people actually that are in there's that community a, there's, and it's yeah, there's a it's a really a wild. Big community for it there's a there, like
0: i remember mario world getting speedruns, but damn what's yeah. what's
2: the what's the fastest time you remember for like super mario 64
0: oh gosh showing age here i think last time from start game to end game they did. I think it was like three hours.
1: So a tool-assisted okay. speed run for Super Mario sixty-four is four and a half minutes yeah. from start uh-huh. to finish.
2: Tool-assisted speed run.
0: <laughs> I can't even boot up a phone in four and a half. Minutes. So okay, okay. So the thing
2: is, th- this is this is a tool-assisted speed run we're talking about. So, okay. that, so that's so
0: unassisted. What do you got? It's so,
2: like five and a half minutes or something like that
0: for unassisted. Start to really. Finish.
2: I thought it was. I thought it was it was pretty low as well. Because some of the tricks people can do. Uh let me check on that. But I thought I mean, I'm, I'm sure, tool sure un- assisted was eh, it might have been up more around the thirties, but I but The they're, 120 they're, stars currently is like an hour and a half or an hour and twenty.
1: That's pretty wild. Oh shoot. But the, I, I
0: guess but, I was looking at
1: <laughs> <laughs> But, but the, the, the thing is with the with the tool assisted is that you've got, you know, you've got a program that is making sure you're hitting the right buttons at the right, at the exact time for optimal for optimal timing. So like it's basically a Whoa. machine playing the game. It which also is wild to watch.
2: It also does stuff where you like It does
1: things that aren't humanly possible. Like yeah, hitting like, like hitting certain buttons at the exact same time, which mm-hmm. is not something that you can do as What's a the person fun that with that, a controller. Just to
0: see how far you could go.
1: Yeah, it's mostly it's mostly to see the like the crazy things that the that the machines can pull off cuz like so, some of the st- some if you watch the Super Mario 64 tool assisted speedrun um it pulls off some nutty stuff that is like there's no way you could do this oh, as an actual person. <laughs> like only a machine can pull this off, but it's it's really yeah. interesting to watch.
2: So the zero star speedrun for it uh which might be tool assisted um is six, 6 minutes and 36
0: seconds. Start game to end game?
2: <laughs> Start game to end game, zero stars. They're, the one-star run is 7 minutes, 14 seconds. The 16-star <laughs> run is 15 minutes and 3 seconds. The 70-star run is 47 minutes and 8 seconds. And then the 120-star run, which is what a lot of people run, uh, is 1 hour and 38 minutes and 43 seconds, which was just added 27 days ago.
0: So on lunch break, I get to watch day. a start-to-finish speed run of...
2: <laughs> if you have not, not watched a tool-assisted speed run, I highly recommend it. It is wild yeah, it's to wild see the game do things that aren't humanly possible. It g- um, the
1: game do things that it's not supposed to do.
2: <laughs> there are other... I don't remember if it was exactly a speed run or something else, but I know I'm one of the older Super Mario games uh, that ran on whatever console is on. They would place on a certain level... They would place things at certain specific pixel points on the on the thing, and it would glitch out, like it would change the code or force it to do yep. something weird, and yep. then it would run like differently the whole way through the rest of the level through.
1: Yeah. So was well, so, well, so Je- Jedi, you, you have to keep in mind with this is that most of these times are because people have figured out exploits
2: to use. Yes. Like this the, is not like running it top to bottom.
1: Yeah. Like the reason the zero star. Speedrun is so low is because people have found a way to, you know, like glitch through rooms Whoa. and things like that. And the that. reason, or the reason pause the monsters stars, so
0: you could just run right past them. Well, the reason it's, it's
2: possible is because you have to glitch through it because yeah. you have to, to. I think you like Cause if like you're it, just it, looking it, for a base game playthrough, it's 70 stars. So, 70 stars is what you're looking at for like a, 80%. yeah, because you need a,
1: you need a certain number of stars to open up the final door to Bowser. Yeah. But, so, like, like, if, 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 if you can
2: just glitch through. through 47 minutes for the 70 star run on and that's on the n64 there's different times on emulators and other stuff because they <laughs> yeah. all have their own leaderboards
0: i'm too old for this uh, shit well like i
1: would i would highly recommend watching them at some point because they're yeah. really interesting to watch and and to your point earlier you brought up the whole thing about communities coming together um speed runs are a great thing for that there's a there's a a corp a a, a group called games done quick um, which does year-round charity events where they mm-hmm. host speedrunners and they they're they're fundraising events for various charities. Yeah. Um, and so they do. There's like awesome games done quick, um, summer games done quick, things like that. And I think they uh, they even did one recently for like specifically for COVID relief. Um, mm-hmm. And one of the one of the conventions I go to, uh, Magfest, which is in in National Harbor in in DC, um, they gdq does events there and so like every once in a while I'll, when i'm at that convention i'll I'll pop into their area and see people doing doing crazy speed runs and stuff and they the at one of the gdqs they did a destiny speed run of last yeah. wish they did and they had a, i don't
2: think it will return though
1: yeah i don't think so either i don't just think it was that. ideal i think it was just a fun thing that they were trying out
2: yeah, I mean, they—I know they try new games regularly with those because there are some like mainstay games where they have to use, but I think they are trying to get new games and other things yeah. in there, but they, you know, it's hit or miss and it, it really depends on the viewership or, yeah. you know, people show up and watch that or donate and whatnot. And um, I don't think it was advertised enough to the Destiny community. Yeah. And I think there's a large portion of the community that doesn't care about the speedruns. Yeah. And so
1: it was it was cool, though, because they got Datto in to, to commentate, it, yeah. which was pretty yep. cool.
2: It was really awesome. I think Daddy and Kami Cakes, or Datto and Cam uh, Kami Cakes, they they both commented that run. I'm sure really...
1: Kami Cake wasn't there, but Datto definitely was.
2: Yeah, 100 100 was. Um, yeah,
1: Corona we'll Corona relief done quick, which was was apparently a thing that they did. So okay, that's
2: oh. cool. Um, yeah, I mean the the speedrun community is different than a lot of other communities because a lot of competitive communities, you know, you find an exploit or something on a map and that's secret. You hold that real close to your chest until mm-hmm. it's time to. Place it in like a major or you know some major tournament where it's like the win is on the line. We need this. Yeah. Um. Whereas speedrunning community, they you know, they there's huge message boards and other things where they just talk about, hey, I, I found this thing, and you know, people then go and explore it and whatnot. And so like, you know, they people put a ton of time into these. You know, there's very small percentages yeah. on actual runs that you get. Um. Like I was watching one uh, a video a while back. For a guy and it was like you might 1% of the runs you do and these guys do like 7 or 8,000 runs at a mm-hmm. time not like in a row but like trying to beat a record it's so like 1% of those runs you get the right RNG and stuff to mm. even have a shot at the record um and so
0: so it's a crap shoot but you're still speed running yeah,
2: yeah and you're running it over and over and over again, hoping to get that good RNG and then when you get that good RNG you have to execute on top of it yeah. um
1: and it's also it's also really interesting in in the speed running uh, sphere that, you know, the most of the time, like once a record is set, you don't see it change a whole lot. The only time it ever really changes is when people find new exploits Yeah. that that will like, you know, you might you might see the record change by like a millisecond or two, maybe up to a second, depending on how well people mm-hmm. can execute that. But it's not gonna change significant significantly unless people find new exploits. Yeah. Which is always Honestly. like a cool thing when that happens because it'll change like three seconds
2: or like a minute or things mm-hmm. if people find something crazy. Well and people are always trying to push it down to that next minute, you know, mm-hmm. next ten minute threshold and whatnot. Um and I I think it I can't remember what game it was, but it was just it was just done on, on Some uh Legends of Zelda or something like that, one of those games, it was just brought down Mm -hmm. a little bit. But that's there's a big difference too between some of these older games like 007, Goldeneye, and Perfect Dark because they have an in game timer, yeah, and they run off of that. And so that timer only counts in full seconds. (laughs) So to get the next world record, you have to come up with a strat or an exploit or something to save a second, you save an entire second of time. And so a lot of these guys. They use, uh, and they use different things to train and, and see if it's possible, um, you know, where they use cheats and whatnot and in game and, and timers to see if it's truly a possible to get it down that far. Because there's times where it's just like, you know, we might be able to add it, you know, a, on Goldeneye, for example, they use a grenade boost on one of the levels, uh, that was just beat. And, you know, they were at first, they, you know, they, they thought the grenade boosts were worthless and it was just a, you know, there wasn't a good way to execute them and yeah, people yeah. found out oh if you throw them off of this wall it'll bounce here here and here and when you come into the room come out of the room and hits you right at the right angle whoosh, hit you out there so they'll throw two grenades there and then they look <laughs> straight up in the air because the other thing that's wild about these is because they have to keep as much off the screen as possible to have the processor run as fast as possible <laughs> um, and so then they throw grenades to juggle them up in the air and, and you know other crazy stuff and they they have to look at it to see if it can even come down far enough if you can pack <laughs> enough boost in to get it to come down far enough for you to actually get another world record, or if that's just the limit. Yeah. And, and a and lot of them the- thought that the limit was reached. And then <laughs> recently two people, two different people in two different games beat two 16-year-old records. Which it's is wild. crazy.
0: <laughs> that's beyond me.
2: <laughs> and like for the perfect dark speed run, you know, the guy used a bunch of boost- boosts and a reload glitch and literally. He doesn't even look at the level for most of it. He looks straight down because the way the gun works is if you looking if you're looking at the right spot and fire at the ground, it'll like land behind you and push you forward. And so you have to do it like that. So he's literally looking down the whole time. So to know the timing of how many, you know, basically how much time you got to hold it here, then you got to swap direct, you know. And the other thing that's different with those two is um, they all move, you know, sideways for most of it because swapping yeah. either sideways for whatever reason is slightly faster than running forward or changing directions causes you to be slower a lot of times so they'll be uh-huh. running they'll have to go through a door b- behind them that they're <laughs> just staring at this wall and then they'll rotate through the room because changes directions you know ch- take you know we're talking milliseconds <laughs> yeah you know? so point two 0.2 seconds to change directions and get back to full speed but Saving every little bit of time helps and putting it all together in one run. I mean, it's yeah, that,
1: that stuff is wild. wild. I've I've it's... I've watched a couple um, speed runners on Twitch, um, mm-hmm. mostly in like um, in the new Super Mario game Odyssey. And just like yeah. like even just watching the movement and the way they move through these levels is so different. Um, Mm -hmm. and a lot of it a lot of it really is like it comes down to memorization and muscle memory because like you're trying to run the exact same route every single time because it's Mm -hmm. it's been you know proven by however many people that this is the fastest possible way to do this and so like yeah and now you're trying to and that's where the the exact way and like the exact time to hit the button combinations and everything and it's it's pretty wild it's a wild side of the gaming community (laughs)
2: Yeah, and what's interesting too is so I was watching a speedrun video about the uh, I think it's just Super Mario Brothers speedrun record, which is down in like the four minute range or something like that, like four (laughs) or five minute range. Um, But they were talking about in that one um, because of, it runs at 60 FPS and you have to, there's a certain number of these different frame chunks that you're trying to get that the game will rotate through. Like Mm -hmm. if you end the game at a certain point it'll you'll save this frame timing thing and it get, it saves you time so they have specific levels that they know they can be a little slower on or that it's better to be a little slower on even though there's a faster way to run that level or fit, beat the level faster it's better to do it because it keeps your frame um i can't think of the word correctly now but it keeps your frame times uh chunks aligned properly to get certain other ones to go way faster that's kind so, of wild So you have the whole run planned out on which level you're going to use those on and which ones you're not going to use it on and which ones it's okay to miss a little bit on. And like there's times where they have to because the way the game does all of the ads and and stuff is based on that frame timing. So for a regular player, it's it's randomized essentially. But for these guys, because they they know what frame timing they're on, everything is in the exact same spot every single run. And as long as they don't slow down there's certain routes that they run and speeds that they run out that they will not have to, they, they only have to jump in certain point, points or they never have to stop moving because they never hit an enemy the whole way through. That's see, wild. I
0: wonder if um, doing that right and keeping mm-hmm. a one track, like every single time that they cover up most of their screen. So that way all they see is that one track. I would, I would be <laughs> interested to see if well, they so, tape it off.
2: Uh, I'm sure. I'm sure they could. I'm sure some of these guys could run blindfold. Honestly,
0: yeah.
1: <laughs> um, because so much of it comes down to that muscle memory and that memorization. Mm-hmm. And like CS was saying, that the the perfect dark one, he's like he's staring at the floor the entire time. So yeah. like, <laughs> like, like, you have you to aim up see at an, an enemy. Lot of the game, but yeah. like, it's... like you
2: have to aim up at an enemy to get a weapon off of an enemy to one shot the boss. And if you don't get that weapon, it takes two shots from your gun, which is slower. Um, but you have to, the thing with the gun you're using, it'll one shot the enemy, but that takes time. Um, so you need to fire an enemy that's far enough away that it doesn't back boost you because a lot of times on the early runs, they would, they would get boosted backwards. So they lose time that way. And so. All these, all these, away. all
1: these tiny this, little things this, that you have to take yeah. into consideration. It's it's wild. If
2: you've never watched them, it's so it's. Can crazy we just play it.
0: the game and be done? <laughs> well, like
1: the, I think this a lot of this comes down to people who are really passionate about this game and who mm-hmm. want who want to try and push it to that to that yeah. limit. And I'm all
0: for that. That's great and everything, but just like,
2: <laughs> I like this community a lot. Not for you know, and they do amazing things like with quick, you know, awesome games done quick and. Uh, all of that, but I like seeing how far we can break a game. Mm-hmm. How far? What button combo? What crazy, thi- you know, array of things do we have to put on the ground to boost ourselves in such a way, or, or you know, make ourselves move in a crazy way that we can break the game to get somewhere that was never intended and is you know, wasn't supposed to be possible. Because I think as a game developer, I've heard commentaries from game developers who watch people do speed runs, and they're like. This is wild. Like they're like, I don't We didn't I think don't this understand. was even possible. To that yeah, point Yeah, they're like, I don't know, I didn't think you could do that in game. Like <laughs> I he's like, I tried for hours to, to do that exact jump or something like that. So and it wasn't possible.
1: So to that point, there was a thing that was recently um, discovered or I guess a milestone that was recently reached in the Halo Reach community. Um, so the Halo Reach community apparently I didn't know this, but I found out this very recently when I found this article. The Halo Reach community apparently has a, a really big community built around um, jumping out of maps and, like, specifically trying to get out of maps and get to places where you're not supposed to be. And so, like, ten years ago or so, it was discovered that in the final level of Halo <clears throat> of Halo Reach, where you're supposed to basically fight waves of enemies until you die, um, there is a Master Chief statue hidden somewhere outside of the map at a place that you're never supposed to be able to get to. And, like, two weeks ago, after ten years of trying, people finally managed to get to it. And the way you have to do it is wild. Like, you have to... So there, there's like a drop. There's like an enemy dropship that comes into the into the level and drops off enemies for you to fight. You have to like grenade jump yourself on top of t- on top of the dropship, armor lock yourself so that you don't get pushed off when you hit the the invisible wall at the end of the level, and the dropship takes you outside the level, and you have to take like sp- specific weapons and a crate and a bunch of grenades and stuff, and eventually get to a place where you stand on this crate. You have to have three people out there and one of you snipes a bunch of grenades the other fires a rocket at the same time and it launches both you and the crate up into the air and onto where the master chief statue is it's wild <laughs>
2: that's insane well and so on that i was wondering cuz it doesn't sound like there's a kill wall it sounds like they only had an invisible wall yeah i don't think so, i don't think there's a
1: kill wall because i think so, there was something in the the article that where they discovered that once you get out <laughs> of the map there's no fall damage
2: yeah there's, there's nothing <laughs> that can kill you yeah um, <laughs> there was a Sonic game a little while back that I watched the speedruns on, and there was a, there's an invisible wall, right? And then there was a kill wall. And <laughs> so you have to get a, between the two? <laughs> well, so, you have to, you have to be going fast enough for some of these skips to work. Uh, Was there some crazy way to gain speed? Um, But you have because to be going fast Sonic, enough where <laughs> on a frame where you're not registered, like, you cross the borders on a non frame. So like in warm. between a frame, you're crossing those borders and you won't die. That's Because wild. if you cross on the frame, it, you it, hit the kill it, wall it, and, it and it kills you. you. You in the in the box and you die. <laughs> but if you register it out, if you have so much speed that it, the the previous one is before the invisible wall and and after at, at the next start, start of the next frame, you're after the kill wall, you go right through it. <laughs> No, like nothing, nothing even holds you back. That's insane. That honestly, Why that people that, figure out this stuff.
1: That made that reminds me of the the clip you had from Destiny a little while ago of you going so fast that you just hit the wall and die.
0: Uh, if he hit the wall and died. Like a millisecond, he died. and Then the door opens. Yeah, I was
2: going so fast the doors couldn't open. It was
0: <laughs>
1: the doors could not open. Fast I was hoping for you. That,
2: that you guys would have held the doors open, and I wanted to see if I could hit Zavala and die. <laughs> impact zavala who was standing there at the time that Um, would be great one of my favorite things to do in destiny honestly and they (laughs) took the way away the easy way to do it but with these bunkers you can you can do it in certain spots
1: i love the first time i went into the io bunker i didn't see the wires that are hanging down and i didn't (laughs) realize they were solid objects so i jumped out of the bunker and i clotheslined myself on those wires (laughs) and died
0: (laughs) i remember in d1 there was a guy so you know when you're going down the crota map
1: mm-hmm.
0: you, You're on the moon And then you jump down the hole And yeah. you're waiting to get to the bottom
3: mm-hmm.
0: He jumped down the hole and he counted like One, one thousand, two, one thousand Three, and then just started swinging his sword All the way across <sighs> To get past the bridge and everything
1: Yep, that's wild And you then could, he'd, you could
0: he'd sword get to the fly. next level He would sword fly Across that spot Kill all those ads, get to the next spot, and then he was at Crota. It was like yeah. two minutes and he was already there. Yep. I think the That's single wild.
2: person world record for Crota's end was like six minutes. That's it was like, I, I think, think the last time
0: it was six. Yeah, when I checked it too.
2: The group one was, uh, I thought, like five or six minutes. It might have been lower than that. I'll look it up. Um, but I think the solo was like eight minutes, six to eight minutes, somewhere in there. That's pretty wild. I mean, which is insane. because of
0: game mechanic, obviously with Crota. Yeah. But to get there, it took him like three minutes. He was already there. That yeah, that I reminds
1: mean, me of oh, I've, when I've seen a couple like Gladden them do the speed runs of Shattered Throne, and mm-hmm. like the ways you you do that, and you have you like drop down in the, in that first area, you like drop down below. I think though I think this was before the world line nerf. As they would use world line and get underneath a lot of those anymore you would get underneath the, the map in the first level and you'd like blitz through it with world line and glitch through walls and stuff to get to the next area it was wild
2: yeah you'd, you'd i think two people went down if i remember correctly two people would go down and fall out of the world and climb through blocks and stuff to get back to the next area and then one person to stay back and finish it
1: yeah and so if they got and good the...
2: on the thing it would finish it open up the next section and then I think he just either sat there or killed himself to be rezzed at the next boss, essentially.
0: Well, I do know, correct me if I'm wrong, but when they were doing that as well, there was another uh, where one of them, because it's a three-man activity, mm-hmm. one would go to orbit and then boom, he's at the boss. Um, so a lot of
2: times in speedruns, they'll use that where you need to clear out, I think, the previous load zone before you can do something else. <sighs> And so a lot of those, it's faster for those guys to go straight to orbit. Yeah. And yeah. then join up. You you join in and then you start it like right away. And they they join in and you have some people like I know on Scourge of Pass that's how it worked.
0: Yeah. Well they did yeah. on Last Wish too, I believe.
2: Um I don't remember if No, there there's some I think a join in on Last Wish, but normally that's everyone stays there.
1: I think the only time people do that on Last Wish is to skip the jumping puzzle before Morgoth.
0: Oh yeah, yeah. That's it, that's it. Okay. I, yeah, I
2: think if if someone falls, they just bail out and then rejoin because yeah. they they can do it with five people very easily. So if if you don't make it perfectly, it's faster to go, yeah. um, you know, go to orbit and come back. And one of the things with Last Wish that I never thought was possible is in the final room, the you know, there's two walls on the you know stairwell that's walled off. On the speed run, they send a guy. Uh, you can actually soar jump over the wall. <laughs> Uh, which is hilarious, but prior to that, the run I saw was people would use the uh, military void class, and they would boost all the way around the outside edge of the thing to land on the other side of the wall, and then they would drop the ball right up against the, the doorway, uh, you know, right up against the wall, and he'd pick it up through the wall and go down the elevator.
1: <laughs> that's wild. Which so, so that, that's, they, that that's in Queenswalk.
2: Yeah, in Queenswalk. So when you get into where the... Uh, oh, I can't think of what it's called. The locks and all that stuff are. Oh, the I'm vault. Drinking. Yeah. The yeah. vault. When you get to the vault in Queenswalk, you have to go left or right. You have to walk all the way around the outside. Yeah. Well, they just have one guy walk to the end, and they <laughs> either have one guy jump up out of the map, you know, over <laughs> the wall, or they had a guy that would just uh, use the super glide thing, boost all the way around, and he almost died. Like, I think they actually walked... The guy with the the heart close to him, so that way he could so he could leave get and re-enter yeah. the the buff, um, and then they would pass it through the wall at the end. Which I'm like, I can't, like, that, I'm that's not insane. surprised that 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 worked, but like, I would never be brave enough to try that. Ever. It also like, like
1: it almost feels like more effort than it's worth.
2: <laughs> well, but when you're trying to save. Yeah. You know, like when that was found out. Yeah, when you're, you're, you're speedrunning it. Yeah. Speed it, like that was it was a several seconds save. Yeah, um, you know, because they're using sword, you know, the sword push to push these guys across entire rooms in one pound where it might take us ten or fifteen seconds to walk the entire room. They've covered that room in one, like in you know, yeah. two seconds. Just, is,
0: that just wildness. So with the communities, and obviously, I've learned something about a new community called <laughs> speedrun community. So I'll definitely <laughs> check them out. Um. um Communities coming together for a common goal, such as, like, teams, orgs, and reaching an audience, depending on platform. What do you guys think on that? So teams or... one thing right, that I
1: that sort of ties into that, and we can get more into this after I, I go on to this tirade, <laughs> but one thing that I wanted to bring up sort of in relation to the whole communities thing and the whole speedrunning thing is Twitch plays Pokemon. And I don't know how many of our listeners or you guys were aware of this when it happened but in i think in 2014 a um australian programmer set up a thing where he streamed pokemon red the original generation one pokemon game on twitch and he set up a program to parse commands from chat and input them into the game so people who were in chat could put in commands like left, right, forward, back, A, B, start, select, that sort of thing, and it would input that into the game. And uh, the original... Th- this has, like, it went on after after Pokemon Red and everything, and but it lost a lot of its viewership. But Pokemon Red was beaten by Twitch when this happened. With over... What? What? Let's see the the Wikipedia page. It set page, viewership record at that time. It didn't did. It? So it it set a Guinness World Record for having the most participants in a single-player online video game, with the number of participants being one million one hundred sixty-five thousand one hundred forty.
2: Yeah, I remember when this was going on. I didn't I didn't know any info about it. So, but I remember hearing about it and that this was going on and this was huge and then it was happening. And I thought it was not only insane that someone figured out how to write a program that pulled information from chat to know what's happening. but <laughs> also that chat came together well enough to beat the game, because I would always assume that there's some troll trying to mess everybody else up. So I'm going to
0: hit the start button as you're jumping.
2: Well,
1: you see, the thing is, so it had an average concurrent viewership of 80,000 viewers. Instant partner, <laughs> with, with at least ten percent of them actually participating the entire time. Yeah, and and over so over the course of so
2: eight thousand people talking at once. Yep. essentially.
1: Yeah, and Twitch estimated that over one point one six million people participated, with peak simultaneous participation being one hundred twenty one thousand.
0: How do you get eight eighty thousand viewers? <laughs> And let's say 8,000 people in the chat actually typing a command right after another to get them through the game. I mean, I'm like, correct me if
2: I'm wrong. I think it did it on a timer. So it pulled. Well,
1: I don't, I don't think it was intentionally a timer. I think it was Twitch's latency.
2: Well, no, no, no. But I meant like, so it would only pull commands every once in a while. It wasn't just pulling constant commands. Not immediately. you would be stuck in like a circle.
1: For the for when it first started, it was pulling every command
2: yeah, um, I'm sure, but then when it got big, I'm sure you <laughs> had to go back and well and, the, the thing cause...
1: is there, there was only one point in the game where it got stuck, and that was in the in the team rocket hideout, which I don't know if anyone has I, the, for people who have not got played nothing. the game, it's an area where it's a it's it's basically a maze full of of platforms that will shoot you in one direction. So you can imagine how that, that's incredibly yeah. challenging for something like this. And yeah. so when that happened, the creator implemented something called democracy and anarchy. And so it could, so people could vote to change the system from anarchy to democracy. And when it was in democracy mode, it would be every few seconds, it would be vote on a command. And whichever got the, the most votes would be the mm-hmm. command that was entered. But in anarchy mode, it was just... Every single command was entered. Yeah.
0: <laughs> See, that brings me to—I uh, think it was last week. Somebody was streaming. He got to end game, and the chat was like, "Okay, you're dead." At the button, <laughs> I forget the name of the channel, but I mean, it-
2: I've seen on Mixer where people have—they um, have their MixBot. You know, the the buttons at the bottom of their screen. Uh, that did like very specific things in games. So either some games came out mm-hmm. that had that implementation and there are other games that didn't have it, but there was some dude who through like some trick JavaScript programming <laughs> figured out a way to make it happen in game or do something very specific to his, him or him, sur- his surroundings and, you know, on, on his computer and stuff like that. So if you paid enough to, you know, press the button, it would change something. Very drastically. Yeah.
1: So I, I rem- go ahead, Jedi.
0: I'm just going back to the the comment. It was, I believe it was Tarkov. He was in a 101 to end, like with he was on a hot streak. I think it was 16 to 20 kills. Had all this loot and stuff. He was trying to escape, and he he had one other player on the map.
3: Mm-hmm. With like
0: two minutes left of in game, he was trying to clear the whole map of all the the non NPCs. And then on Twitch, there's an extension for the game, and you could, uh, like, if you used your coins or in in the stream currency, you could, like, kill him, make him drop (laughs) his weapon, whatever. Well, unfortunately for the streamer, Hmm. their button was uh, reset game or turn game off or whatever. (laughs) Oh, no. So as he got to the end... They push the button. Yikes! <laughs> he lost all of it. So I, Bro,
2: I, I remember if you're have buttons like that set up. I would expect yeah.
1: that. To... So I, yeah, I, but... I remember when I, when I was first getting into streaming, I was, I was big and like I played a lot of PUBG and I, I watched a lot of PUBG streamers. There was one that I watched uh, a guy named Halifax who, um, like it was like every Sunday or something, he would do a thing. All parts. Mm-hmm. <laughs> every Sunday or something, he would do a thing where he would have a system where chat could disable certain keys on his keyboard. So while he was playing oh, PUBG, no, no. certain keys would dis- would get disabled. So like oh, his fire button could get disabled or his E button could get disabled so he couldn't interact with things. He couldn't open doors, things like that. And that was like, honestly, it made for really entertaining content.
2: <laughs> oh, yeah.
1: <laughs> like, obviously, well, honestly, obviously, it's not high skill play, but it's like mm-hmm. seeing how someone see. deals with this and being able to interact with that is really... is really fun content
2: i've seen a lot of people where they do charity streams where they do stuff like that Mm. where they have to either you like if you donate a certain amount you can you know force them to drop a weapon you can pick their drop where they drop in at you can pick where they go you can force people to use a controller sometimes um you know to throw them a curveball and be watch them you know be entertained while they're doing that while raising money for a good cause at the same time and i i i think it's cool when people do that um yeah, I think yeah, I think Lupo's the, the Lupo's done
1: that a couple times with Tarkov, mm-hmm. and it's been like you know if you if you donate this amount, I'll drop my weapon or whatever. Um, and I, I think,
2: know I've seen Pre do it a lot. Yeah. Uh, Pre fires TV. I've seen him do it several times uh, with <laughs> I, almost all of his.
1: I remember. I think it might have been during the GTX mar- marathon when they were doing their their charity marathon. There was a block where WTF Game Nation was playing, and they were running. Um, they they were running like all the raids back to back to back and mm-hmm. at one point they reached a donation threshold where one of them had to use blink for the rest <laughs> of the runs <laughs> and watching him try to do spire of the stars and like a bunch of the old those old raids with blink was wild (laughs) did they get did chat get to pick the person
2: or was it like the squad get to pick the person because you could have someone who's a god tier blink player
1: well no it it was it was the guy who was streaming like it was like this guy has to use blink for the rest of the Uh, runs (laughs)
2: that's rough
1: and it Yikes. was it was i mean it was pretty entertaining to watch because he was brutality not very good at it <laughs> especially because some of those like really long jumping puzzles it's like mm-hmm. some of them are just like not possible. some of them i don't even know if you can beat
2: with blink potentially <laughs> yeah i'm sure people have figured out how to do it but like unless you know some of those trick you know trick movements mm-hmm. or tricks watching get to, there's you have no chance to get it yeah mm-hmm. <laughs> and that's it's just wild i mean i i like seeing that stuff uh for for charity stuff you know the you know i've seen tim dye his beard or you know Mm -hmm. have all these all those you know cool things to get to to uh incentivize all that to help out
1: yeah it's really it's really cool taking taking a look into these like niche parts of the gaming community Mm -hmm. and how you know those those parts of the gaming community are different and how they they come together to do things like this like like Mm speedruns like twitch plays pokemon things like that it's it's really interesting and and the one of the things with twitch plays pokemon is it it spawned like an entire genre of of things on twitch because like there are channels now dedicated to playing various games in that style where it's it's set up that chat can enter commands and, and they, you know, they go through various different games to see how well, you know, people can beat them that way. And it's mm-hmm. like, obviously, you know, it, it varies based on participation. And I don't think any of them have had quite the the viewership and participation that the original did. But it's 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 a really interesting look at how, how games can be played in a different way.
0: Yeah. Well, with Destiny's, uh, real quick, before we go to commercial, let me throw something out to you. With Destiny's API being available, what would you think on we're going through a raid as streamers and chat chat has control your of your loadout? I would never yes. give oh chat permission God. to do
2: anything with my DIM.
0: Well, I'm not even <laughs> with DIM. Up. I'm just saying as you're streaming, they could put I exclamation point equip last word or whatever, <laughs> and then boom. I, I mean, that's entertaining. I, I think that would be fun to watch as well. I know It'd be
2: interesting he- to watch, but I. My concern would be someone trying to delete something.
0: Yeah.
2: Well, I've, we well I could
1: I've seen some donation incentives for, like, the, the charity streams where people are like, you know, if you hit this incentive, I'll use the last word for the rest of the run. Yeah. Sort of thing. Well,
0: I'm just saying not even incentivized, just kind of like you're mid-fight, da-da-da-da-da, yeah. and then all of a sudden you got a sword in your hand. Like, Wait a second.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I mean... I think it used correctly, it'd be cool. But the yeah. I know with how the community tends to be more troll oriented. Yeah, well, um, you could. I'm just like, saying. I'm just like saying. Like I'm I'm scourge if like, all right, we're gonna give you two shotguns and a sword. <laughs> have fun doing DPS. Like you literally can't do anything in that raid at that point. Yeah. Like you're you're almost worthless as a participant there.
0: Well, obviously you could set stipulations for whatever. Yeah, I you would know. hope that
2: you you'd be able. to I mean, it'd be interesting. I. Again, I would do that as a, you know, community, you know, not a community but like a um, charity event type thing. Yeah. I wouldn't want it all the time cuz <laughs> I get very used to my weapons. And what what happens unlocked weapons activities. Yeah. So, no, says, says, says
1: says says the man who who ran last word in garden though.
2: <laughs> yep. I did. I did do that. <laughs> we had to two of us ran that actually. But we we had to uh, that was after we got uh, flawless on yeah. it though, and, and we were, were like <laughs> two attempts, and we were a little stir crazy.
1: And then the, ne- the next run, we were like, we don't care anymore. We're gonna do whatever. Yeah, we want I was like, happen.
2: if we beat this, we beat this. It literally doesn't matter anymore. <laughs> like, and that, and that that's so. sort of
1: something in the same vein as this is doing those flawless runs. It's like it's mm-hmm. it's it is a lot of it, it does tie in very similarly to the the speedrunning aspect, and like you need to yeah. know what you're doing, you need to run it right, that sort of stuff. And it was, like, when we got that flawless run, it was such a weight off of our shoulders. Oh, yeah. And, that, and that's why we well, yeah. did, did that stuff in the next run, because we were like, yeah. we don't have to care anymore.
2: Yeah, if, if, if we wipe 14 times here, it literally doesn't matter anymore, because I don't have to restart this raid anymore. <laughs> yeah. Um,
0: the thing that keeps popping in my head is doing a, um, oh, what's it called?
2: I mean, people do, like, the Wheel of Misfortune stuff.
0: I'm thinking of uh, the, the sniper rifle mission for oh, Whisper? Uh, Whisper. For Whisper. Can you imagine? You're in mid-jump with a Titan using Ramparts, and then they're gone. <laughs> oh, God, that would be I terrible. Mean,
2: <laughs> half the jumps for the skips aren't even possible without Ramparts. So <laughs> See,
0: I mean, you, you, it's entertaining content and communities coming together to just... Yeah, I, Lack I, of I, th- terms, I think bone somebody for it.
1: Like CS is talking about, I think it would be a really cool thing to do, but it, it's something that you have to be very careful about.
2: Yeah, yeah of course, I, you'd have to put pretty harsh limits on it. I mean, but yeah,
1: I, th- I think I've again, seen... it would be similar to what we were talking about of like you know some chat being able to disable keys on your keyboards and things mm-hmm. like that.
2: Yeah, <laughs> disable the W key every time. <laughs> <But> <laughs> that, no, pick up that, the the that the use happened key.
1: to him sometimes, and he would have to like. You know, walk backwards and turn. And like, <laughs> it was it was pretty entertaining.
2: I'm I'm assuming you had a limit on certain keys you couldn't disable, like yeah. the pickup key, because that would just break the game. Well, he,
1: they could disable the the interact key, but they couldn't disable tab, because in, in uh. PUBG you can hit tab to open the window and then you can pick stuff up off the ground with that.
2: Yeah, but that makes <laughs> sense. Well, I'm assuming also he didn't let him do that because then he could alt tab to get out of the, the thing because i'm assuming it was set up so it disabled it on his keyboard yeah for the whole time not <laughs> just not you know not just in game yeah. yeah i mean i i think you know the that stuff's i mean i think it's very cool how people find ways to integrate uh that into their streams and whatnot um uh you know in the same vein of using weird weapons or whatnot i've seen people use the uh wheel of misfortune there's some website where you can plug in different things and you spin it yeah. <laughs> and it gives you, or you have to use last word for this raid and yep. <laughs> you, know, you, you have to, whatever you get, you have to use for the whole run. And, you know, it's,
0: it is entertaining though.
2: Yeah. So I, I mean, oh, that's yeah, why I love share sure. it. It's very entertaining.
0: Okay. Um, let's take our first commercial break. And when we come back, rain, one of our th- rain and c. s what of our what are our topics looking forward in the next segment
1: well i uh, i think we can talk um a bit more about the uh the communities coming together and then how they've you know addressed you know crises and 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 charity events and things like that and we can we can dive into that a little bit more
0: no c s
2: um the only other thing that I have or wanted to ask you about was the uh, that uh, basketball show that you've been okay. So,
0: And that actually ties into my last point of the night, which is sportsmanship. Alright. So we got some juicy topics. We'll go to commercial and we'll come back and get right into it. And we're back. Welcome <coughs> back. Oh yeah. I'm a Jedi. Co-hosted by RAIN44 and CS1140. Gentlemen, juicy topics for the second half as well. What do we got?
1: So I know one of the things you were bringing <clears throat> up was um, communities coming together and organizations and things like that. Um, and I think, you know, we could talk a little bit about our own experience with trying to build a community and build an organization in 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 the gaming world. Um, and so the three of us sort of... Uh, Sort of founded the what we've called the late night looters, which is our gaming community, um, and it's been an, it's been an interesting experience pushing that um, and trying to grow something like that in the streaming community, um, and it's a challenge, you know, especially starting from the bottom, and it, it's a very saturated market, so trying to create a presence in that world is very challenging. Um, but <clears throat> what are your thoughts on that experience, Jedi? Since it's something that you've been in from even before we became the late night looters, you've been working on something like this.
0: So before we became the late night looters, um, it was kind of just a destiny community. You know, we all game together, this, that, and the other, and then we all streamed. So let's let's come together and, and create our own little team. And mm-hmm. I know on Mixer you can create your team, which was uh, the Contingency. That was the name prior to the late night looters. To be honest, the experience was, um, quite interesting because yes, it is such a saturated market and also finding people that fit mm-hmm. the, the, the mold, if you would like, yeah. um, do they, do they want to strive? Like I do, do they want to do this? Like I do do, you, You know, and before becoming the late-night looters, the the downside to that was, I think, more than anything, platforms. Yeah. Um, I know a lot of people came to Mixer because we could build our team and this, that, and the other, and and that was great and everything, but uh, before becoming the late-night looters, we had all kind of huddled up together and said, okay, well, you know what, this it's not working and it's not Mm. working, not necessarily being negative. It's not working because it's not fitting everybody else. You gotta, yeah. The biggest thing I can say about trying to create a gaming community is one, what games do we all play together? Mm. Two, um, are you in it for yourself prior to jumping in? Like, do you have ulterior motives, stuff like that? And maybe some do, maybe they don't, and they don't show it, that's fine, whatever. But I'm sure with so many people in our group, it wouldn't be hard to sniff it out, if you want to call it that. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. removing the people that are like that and bringing in people that just want a game, have a good time, people, support people each other. People care
1: about the community.
0: Yeah, be a family. Yeah. And, and that's the part that, to be honest, is the biggest struggle because... Yeah you know, discord and communities and games are revolving door, Yeah. but making a lasting impression and having somebody come in and go, I'm going to stay here. This is fun for me. Yeah. And that's then what and it's
1: about. the infrastructure, especially on mixer is there to make it, it very easy to start this process. But the, the, the difficult part of it is, you know, finding the people, the people that you mesh with the people who, who fit well with you. And I know CS has struggled with this a lot uh, with his destiny clan, um, and finding people who you know who we play well with, who we enjoy you know running running activities with, who like running the same activities that we do. And do you want to chat about that at all, CS?
2: So I, I was making the Destiny clan and all that. Um, the, the original clan I joined in D one was made by a friend, and we kind of let it, it. Anyone was allowed in, which wasn't too big of a deal. But once we started to get more and more people, because we kind of played with everybody. Once we got to a certain point, everyone kind of went to their own clicks. And that's hard to avoid at a mm-hmm. point. There's a, that's always going to happen. You're always going to have groups of people that, that play well together, and they play with each other more. You know, especially with a game like Destiny, where a lot of the content is relegated yeah. to three person stuff. Especially, especially versus, once you
1: start getting that many people involved.
2: Yeah, and so we actually broke off after a bad experience with some other people who we didn't. We had no idea who they were. Who just had the same clan name. Who was, you know, they're just shouting at us to help them out. And we were like, Nah, man, we have other plans. Um, so when I created you know soggy bottom boys the whole idea was that we stay as a it's just a group of friends doing stuff in a game together yeah and that was the whole basis of it so you know i never went in with any real you know oh here's how you join the clan like i've seen other clans out there they have specific join requirements we don't have that Yeah, realistically you just need to play and you know that's how i've always done it you just need to play with us if we mesh well and we're enjoying and having Mm -hmm. fun no matter your skill level that's the least important thing to me yeah um you know, as long as we're having fun and enjoying our time together, that's what's important. And, yeah. and you're in at that point. And I've run into a lot of people who um, want that name in front, you know, just a name in front of their, you know, to associate themselves with or use it as a LFG group when they're able yeah. to you know if they when like oh i can hop in on raids and whatnot and they just want to be doing that all the time but they don't play with us the rest of the time or whatnot and yeah and, and use it, that it, i use that mechanism to flush that out early
1: yeah and it is admittedly it's 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 more challenging to run a community like that to to have less strict requirements and not mm-hmm. not be as structured it, it's it's you know, because because in any community you want to you want to go through that sort of curating process and make sure that the people yeah. who are there with you are people who you enjoy playing with, who people you can interact with well. And part of part of it is that that the Destiny clan system is like, there's Bad. not it's not I mean it's it's not great as a as a way to build a community. Like it's no. it's something it's something to group up with your friends and get rewards for doing that and th- yeah. there's not a whole lot of structure in there for creating a community um and it's you know not great but <laughs> we we've <laughs> run into, we've run into some similar issues with building late night looters and and we've it is it is more challenging to get into to build a community like that if you're not if you're trying to build it as something friendly and open because it yeah. it. A, 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 a lot of teams are are built on you know the idea of of you know growing and and getting getting that viewership and and you know becoming something that's profitable, I guess. Mm-hmm. And and when you're trying to build something that's that's not worried about that, it's it's more challenging. But yeah. you know, well, debatably, you know, more rewarding in the long run. But
0: so the challenge uh, early on as the contingency dms through the roof i'm not getting followers i'm not getting hosts mm. there's no teamwork there's same thing with the uh, you know a clan that i had in destiny 1 for a short time because i said i'm going to throw a grenade yeah. in the middle of this and we're done it was the same thing i need help yeah. i i i and and, and i at think at some point you just got to time out and bow out
1: yeah, and part of that comes down to uh, like the streaming world especially when it comes to people who are starting out feels very doggy dog. Um yeah. and 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 a lot of that's perpetuated by, you know, these follow for follow communities and things like that where uh, people are people are doing anything they can to increase their viewership, to increase their following and and you know, we we even see Places where you can pay for followers and viewers who, like in the end, that doesn't help you because nobody's interacting with chat and nobody's, and you're not making good content.
2: Like, well, and I think a lot of people have the misinterpretation that if they have that huge follower number, where you have you know you know five thousand, six thousand mm-hmm. followers, that like that gives you some sort of like, well, I have this many followers, I can definitely get more people to come watch. And but yeah. in algorithms and other stuff, that has zero to do with. Like that, mm-hmm. the only thing that'll help you do is get sponsors potentially, yeah. but a lot of them just have a follower requirement, so they're you know, so they're not having people reach out with te- you know ten followers. Yeah, they just have a follower requirement. They're much more concerned about your average view count. Yeah, than your follower count because that's what that's what gets them views is the more people that are watching on average, and that's how you move up in the directory.
1: And um, I I, ex- I experienced that a lot when I moved from Twitch to Mixer and it's part of the reason why i think i appreciate mixer more than twitch because on twitch when i first started i i did get get caught up a little bit in the in the whole follow for follow thing because it like it's natural for new streamers like you <laughs> you you see that's what you see all over the place on twitter on discord on whatever you see a lot of people who are promoting that because that's how they that's how they do their thing. They promote it to every new streamer they can find, that sort of stuff. And I got caught up in that a little bit. And I, you know, I got up to 150 followers and I, I got affiliate on, on Twitch. But I had an average of three people in my stream. And and none of them were the people from these follow-for-follow organizations. Mm-hmm. And I and then I moved to Mixer. And on Mixer, I have probably about 50 followers. But I know that every single one of those followers that I have came into my stream, watched me and what I was doing, and chose to hit that follow button of their own volition. Mm-hmm. So I personally value the followers that I have on Mixer way more than the followers I have on Twitch because of that.
0: Mm-hmm. I value, you know, so that ties into orgs and mm-hmm. stuff like that. Um, becoming a part of an org. I mean, you can look at Twitter, you can look at, reviews of this org you know good bad or ugly whatever the the reviews are for whatever org you're looking at i think that's the issue Mm -hmm. one like late night looters yeah we have a core group right and we're always there for each other so there is a little bit of commitment to one another there is a little bit of organic hate to say it but organic love for one another as a gamer and what you do yeah you know sure if you're not getting that, and you've got thousands of, uh, of followers, numbers wise, and like CS said, three or four in channel, it's it creates issues for you as a. It's a nightmare for you. Why do I want to do this? Then I have great numbers, but nobody's supporting me on the back end. Yeah, and and, mm-hmm.
1: and it, like especially for like, talking on the financial end, like a lot of like. Those those follow for follow things and pay for follow services, those are not going to help you in the long run because none of those followers are gonna come into your stream and support you. And so you're not gonna grow from those people and you're not and and financially you're not gonna make any revenue from those people because those people are not gonna come in and donate or sub or give you bits or embers or what mm. have you. And and so they're just they're gonna sit there in your followers as a number and not contribute to your growth at all.
0: I think that's the biggest issue. If you're coming in, like for me, and what I look at, and what I look for, same as I've told CS as far as the clan, when I started playing with everybody over at the Soggy Bottom Boys, and met everybody that have now migrated over to other games, and we're having a grand old time, one of my first questions was, how do people receive others? Mm -hmm. Is it a family style, or is it just, come on in, get your loot, and you're gone, you know? All these things. Do you care about me and value my time that I'm giving you as, as yeah. well? Now, if you're not doing great content and your numbers are crap, let's say, even though they tell you don't look at the numbers, you're going to look at it. It's human nature Yeah, to see growth and progression.
2: Well, but I think when they say don't look at the numbers, they, mor- they normally mean don't look at your active viewer count.
0: Right. Don't- and I
2: understand that. That's what but I interpret it- as at least.
0: I'm on the same page, but again, if you're coming into my channel or you mm-hmm. know me as a friend, even in the outside world, hey, yeah, man, I, I see you doing your thing. Let me show you some love. Hop in 15, 20 minutes, drop a follow, and then you never see them again. Were you really mm-hmm. there for me or were you just there to be – you know what I mean? There's so many mm-hmm. variables as streaming. Yeah. If you're making good content and that's what your friends want to see or people in general, you're going to grow.
1: Yeah. And that that is what it comes down to and that's a lot of reason why follow for follows don't really work because yeah. because they they don't care about content. And, and a lot of, a lot of the people who who are using those systems are people who aren't paying attention to their content that much. They're the kind of people who boot up a game, hit go live and then just play the game and don't don't pay attention to trying to make good content, trying to interact with chat, things like that. Um, and, and that's something that, you know, people get better at the longer they spend in the streaming community and the more dedication they put into it and the more passion they have for it, too, because, mm-hmm. you know, pe- people want to I mean, watch people who care about what they're doing.
2: Yeah, I would agree with that. But we should also talk about the other extreme factor in uh, in what I'll say is streaming itself and, you know, to somewhat building a team is getting lucky.
1: Yeah, there's there's a lot you of You have work. to run
2: into the right people at the right time. Yeah. And I don't want to say take advantage of that as in like in a bad way, but like, you know, those people come to your life at the right time and you have you to know, you have to be ready for those opportunities. Have, yeah. You have to be ready to take yeah. that opportunity when it's presented, you know, if it's when it's presented to you. Because if you let that pass by, you know, if yeah. they're big in the community, they'll be like, oh he just, you know, told me, you know, wasn't that interested, and that might be your shot yeah and you might you know it might be years before you get another one like that
0: well, I'm gonna throw out a name because i I follow him on Twitch and on Twitter and he brought up a good point uh I think it was last week and that's Monty GG who is also uh gamer subs representative and Monty GG on Twitch as a streamer. I've known him for three years now mm-hmm. but he brought up a good point and it ties into this perfectly on my notes as well. The only way to be successful, one, you gotta have the right attitude. Yeah. You gotta surround yourself by the same people that want the same goals mm-hmm. and a stroke of luck. Yeah. Right? Yep. Mm-hmm. And the last nope. thing the last thing is those surrounding you willing to lift you up as much as you're willing to lift them up yeah. at the mm-hmm. same time.
1: And I think that's one of the hardest things to find. Because a lot yeah, of is. because there are so many people in the streaming community who are who are only looking out for themselves and it's very difficult to find people who are going to work together and raise each other up and support each other and that sort of thing
2: yeah and on top of that like on mixer i know you're allowed to join three teams Mm -hmm. and i think the point of that is you can join you know the partner team and like a music team and you know an individual stream team um but a lot of people thinking that it'll help them out join three different teams yep Right, and then try to be community members in them, and then when they don't get support either immediately or whatnot, they just stay there and stay part of the team, hoping to grow from it. Yeah, you know, this maybe it happened. You know, it's not every every instance.
1: Well, that um, and and you and you see a lot of people joining, you know, big streamers' discords or team discords mm-hmm. or whatever, and only being in there to drop a a live link. Yeah, and and not not providing any community interaction, any mm-hmm. any whatever. And and that's you know, and that's you know that's one of the failings of that and and a lot of times when that's the way you act you don't see any growth because people yeah. people aren't going to come check you out if all you're doing is dropping a live link.
2: Yeah,
0: that goes into networking. Mm-hmm. That's the biggest thing. Yep. Streamers, us included. You know, even late night looters, the show, all of it is tied into it. Yep. You know, we may put it on YouTube. We put it on the podcast places. You know, it, we throw it up in discords, you know. But if you have backside motives and people catch wind of that, even yeah. though you're networking with people, it's a waste. It's all for naught. Mm-hmm. I well, think that, that's and, my biggest worry for, for anything social media-wise or even on the networks, uh, on the streaming platforms, is if you're genuine and you're networking with people, you're going to get some response at some point may not yeah. be today may not be this yeah. year but at some point being genuine and and true to what you what you're doing as a community or as a stream team or as an organization whichever you want to take that's going to produce the most results
2: yeah yeah 100% um well, n- sorry my point uh, I had some it's gone now bye bye out gone (laughs) but yeah yeah, i'm back Uh, 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 it's not your fault i didn't want to cut you off
1: so so much of it it does come down to being genuine and like you know going into people's streams joining you know people's communities and and you know being an active participant in those things being active about it is is one of the biggest things that will help you but if like passively you're not going to grow at all like if you're if you're being passive in a community and all you're doing is dropping a live link like i was saying like that's not doing anything for you. You need to be active about it and, and being genuinely active, not being active yeah. just to just to be active and get people to come check you out. Like,
0: like like the streams that I follow. I may not be in there a lot anymore based off of work, picking up or, mm-hmm. or stuff, real life, you know, but every now and then when I go in and I've received like a family member every single time, mm-hmm. you know, there's something there and that just makes you feel the love of that streamer or the yeah. community even more.
1: And and like starting out that's is is when that's most important because you're yeah. you're you're going to find people who you're going to get to know, you're going to be friends with, you're going to you're going to, you know, chat with about whatever games you're playing. And and then, you know, when it comes time for you to hit that go live button, those people are going to be like, "Oh, I know this guy. Let me go check out Check out what he's doing. Pop and chat. Have some mm-hmm. com- have some conversations because you've had conversations with those people in the past, so they're gonna mm-hmm. they know that they're gonna enjoy, you know, chatting with you and and helping you helping you make your content.
0: Well, I referenced Monty GG and K nine ninety, who's in the chat. I met them both at Guardian Con. Mm-hmm. I was fortunate enough to go. I met a lot of people in our Discord as well. And to be honest with you. It, it kind of broke that barrier of okay, I'm just watching you as a streamer yeah you, you, you know you, you, you than, a little bit
1: you become more than just streamer and viewer like you guys are yeah. are you know actual friends yes. acquaintances whatever whatever you want to call it
0: huh as well kane myself Cobalt, my wife and Monty GG, which used to be I'm sick with it <laughs> we were all right there we were at the we were at the uh world of beers in Tampa, you know for Guardian con and we close the place down. We were the last ones to go basically. Just getting to know each other, network a little bit. Hey, you know, I see you do this. What do you think about that? Um, In our Discord, James work for the show. Brainstorming. Helping us get a push. You know, there's so many people out there that are willing to help. Yeah. But you gotta help yourself to some extent, and you gotta be genuine. You gotta be genuine about it. Mm All right, so...
1: Do you, do you have any updates on this, uh, on this basketball show?
0: I'm looking at my, <laughs> my segue, buddy. <laughs> All right, so I did watch it at lunchtime. Okay. Uh, in between dozing off because I have the case of the Mondays. That's <laughs> why the first three or, f- what, five minutes or so of the stream, there was an OBS update and the mic wasn't working. But anyway. <laughs> so, okay, the big takeaway from the show was sportsmanship. Okay. And what I mean by that is after games or events, uh, trolling gamers or being role models and then getting mad or angry at a player specifically in a Mm -hmm. situation or uh, just raging out, you know. Mm -hmm. So for the show... I'll start with the show first, and then we can get into the gaming side because it all ties it. Dennis Rodman, everybody's heard of, in some but... extent. If you're a sportsman, <laughs> I was getting there. <laughs> caveat being, if you know sports or basketball. Dennis Rodman used to be a bad boy. He used to be, I'm going to throw elbows. I'm going to take you out in the game in the in the late '80s, early '90s. You know, he was one of those guys.
1: One of those Kinda poor sportsmanship of, guys. <laughs>
0: Dirty players is what they called them. Yeah. And they were they were the Detroit Pistons. They were classified as the bad boys. And through the show, it basically showed the back scene, the back story of Dennis Rodman. That was the focus this time. And what he meant to the team. Mm-hmm. Well, initially he was the bad guy, right? And then he joined Chicago Bulls. And... We made the team a little bit better to get over the hump of three years in a row. We're getting our butts kicked by that same Detroit team. Yeah. Um, But there was a a scene in there where at the end of the 91 championship, it's seven seconds left. uh, Chicago Bulls were leading. It was game four. They were going to win the championship regardless. And the team walks away. No handshakes. That's not great. Oof. And you know, they showed Isaiah Thomas, and he was like, "Well, back then, that's what we that's what we did. That's how it was for us. That was us passing the torch because it got passed to us the same way. You know, you whooped our ass. We're just gonna leave. <laughs> but at the same time, tying that into. um after games or events or mm-hmm. stuff like that like when you really want to meet that one badass streamer or that one badass gamer at like a rainbow 6 event or something mm-hmm. like that i think this is a a big deal i think it's a yeah. big issue too because if you look at our destiny community and how it relates to trials mm-hmm. some people can say trials is a is a dumpster fire and some people say it's great but if yeah. you look on the the how it's split. It's sixty forty forty percent say this is great and sixty percent say <laughs> yeah delete from game.
2: <laughs> um I wanna know where you're getting these numbers from. That not the I'm just, that throwing, it I'm just I'm throwing it out there. i Collectively a dumpster fire currently. 90% <laughs> okay, per- so
1: of, uh, of things are made up. let anyway. Let's go ninety ten. Is that
0: better for
1: ninety percent of statistics are made up? Yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah. So
0: anyway, for, for talking purposes only. Uh uh-huh. well, well, I think that's bad. It's a bad look because yeah. my yeah. last point for this is the trolling. Mm-hmm. So you got a guy that says on Twitter, "Hey man, I just took this guy flawless. Good for him. It was his first time ever in any Destiny game. Blah blah blah." And then underneath that, it's, well, Trials is a dumpster fire anyway. It's a pos and other expletives yeah. that you really don't want to hear.
2: So that's the wrong post to go after it, though. Like if yeah. someone if someone starts a conversation where they're like saying, "Hey, I want to talk about Trials and see how we can improve hmm. Trials," or here's what I think are the good things about trials. That's the post where you start a discussion on what, you know, you think yeah. of trials or what you think could be improved on trials, not on the, you know, Hey, this, this man just got his first flawless, you know, let's congratulate him. Yeah. But it's t- about picking those point, you know, the the right time to engage in that. Yeah. But it.
0: when doing so, and then you get the, the people that say, Oh, I, I deleted that game. I'm not playing it no more. It's garbage. It's this, it's that. Yeah. And then they get vulgar with people. Yeah. I thought Destiny community was the best community ever when I went to Guardian Con,
3: mm-hmm.
0: you know. And that's me probably being a little naive to the fact. But mm-hmm. when Trials was re released, you're starting to see a real, real ugly side. Yeah, I think but there's when...
1: there's a big polarity to the the Destiny community, and like like sometimes they can be some of, one of the greatest communities in gaming, especially when you know, we see a lot of the charity events that Bungie runs and that streamers run and that sort of thing. Like the Destiny community comes out in droves to, you know, contribute to things like that. And and you see you do see a lot of people like with Sherpa services and things like Guardian mental health. People like, you know, reaching out to the community and helping a lot. But then on the other side you see a lot of people who are not great about things like that. And you see a lot and you see people calling out developers and, and calling them names and, and not appreciating the work that they do. And, and there's a lot of polarity there, and I think that's true of any gaming community. Um, mm-hmm. it, it just, I think it, it might be a little bit more apparent with Destiny um, because of the nature
2: of the game and because there are a lot of people vying for different things. Um, well, and I would say, in my opinion, I think Destiny has one of the most passionate fan bases out there. Yeah. Which is why a lot of these people are so aggressive about their opinions on some of the stuff. Because they want it fixed. They they know it can be great. They want it to be better. Yeah. Now, I don't think they're going the right way about it, but mm-hmm. you know, that it's so passionate. And that's why like if you go to something like Guardian Con, those the, the players that are salty and gonna start problems are not the ones going to Guardian Con. So you're getting yeah. the best of the best at Guardian Con.
0: Well, like I said, that's why it was probably a little naive of me as <laughs> Going Mm -hmm. to Guardian Con to think that hey look I'm I'm seeing these guys that after a guy makes a good shot in trials instead of just he died to an awesome shot instead of you know raging out he's like that was a good shot dude I mean yeah clip it and send it to the guy hey look at this you know I think sportsmanship is because we're behind the veil of. Computer screens and microphones Mm -hmm. or stuff like that. I
1: think the the the, the anonymity really brings out the worst in people a lot, and we've you know that's something that has been apparent since you know the dawn of the internet and and 4chan and things like that. People who rise of the
2: keyboard warriors, (laughs) yeah,
1: people who are able to hide behind that anonymity will will you know express a lot of stuff like that that they wouldn't otherwise express. Um, yeah, and and it, it, you know, it makes it so that online communities can be a lot more volatile because of that, because people are less concerned about, you know, making those sorts of opinions and thoughts known because they know they're hiding behind this wall if you don't know who I am.
3: That mm-hmm. sort
0: of thing. Well, okay, that goes into um, role models. Mm. Do you think so? Sports has role models, esports. Can you classify streamers as role models? What do you guys think? I think it depends on the streamer.
1: Yeah.
2: There Uh, are definitely streamers that you can. Sorry, Rain.
1: That's definitely something that I can get into because um, even before Twitch got really big, when YouTube and the rise of Let's Plays and things like that, a lot of those people became role models. And Mm -hmm. and personally, I think a lot of those people did not treat that well. Because... You you have people like I I'm, I won't say any names but there 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 are people who don't understand the impact that their following has and the impact that the things they say mm-hmm. have because they you know they have millions of followers and they don't think about the things they say before they say them and the impact that those things w- will will have and mm-hmm. and so when you see these scandals that come out over. Over YouTubers saying saying things like the N word on stream or or making really anti-Semitic comments or things like that, and it, it's it it kind of boggles my mind personally that these people don't understand the impact that those moments have because they well, have and, these massive followings.
2: With and, some of the some of it though, and I don't want to give people excuses. You have these twenty-year-olds, twenty-two-year-olds, twenty-three-year-olds. I remember at 23, I I thought I knew everything. <laughs> Here I am, three years later, and I'm like, I don't know shit. <laughs> um, but like, y- you have people that c- can get thrust into this because of how volatile and how quick you can yeah. build up a following and get popular. You can blow up overnight, and now suddenly you're a role model. You're at yeah. the top. And I was gonna, I'm gonna bring up Ninja. Um, mm-hmm. A lot of people give a lot of flack to Ninja of like. I don't like his new content. It's too PG or yada, yada, yada. But he realized he was a role model and had to take on that role
1: yeah,
2: and become yeah. that. And Lupo did the same thing, you know, mm-hmm. to an extent on certain streams and day streams. They have a setup and they, they keep it family friendly, but they have, uh, you know, after dark streams where they they let it fly and they yeah. can be themselves a little bit more. And so, like, that's what you have to turn into. And that's what you have to do. And yeah. so a lot of and- people... Who- bag on those guys i'm like that's what you have to do at that point though
1: yeah and i i think like i appreciate that those people have done that but i think what (laughs) what bugs me is the people who haven't stepped up to that responsibility the people who have that following but are still treating it the same way they've always treated it and aren't taking responsibility for their actions and making (laughs) sure that they're being a proper role model to people because because when you get to a certain point you have to um, mm-hmm. at, at the very least, you need to consider the impact that your actions are going to have. Yeah. Um. Even if even if you're not necessarily trying to be a a good role model and and you know spread good to the world or whatever, you need to at mm-hmm. least consider the impact that your actions are going to have. Yeah. And I and I see like when I first or or at least like when YouTube first started getting big and and there were people with 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 millions of followers and so a lot of them didn't consider that. And, and things, things have changed since then, but you still see it every once in a while. Like, you'll get, like, okay, I'm going to name a name. Like, when Dr. Disrespect did what he did at TwitchCon last year and brought a live stream camera into a public bathroom, it's like, like how do you not consider the repercussions of that and the impact that that's going to have when you have yeah. thousands of active viewers on a live stream? Well, and, it, and it just bugs me when that
2: happens. <laughs> well, and a lot of people don't understand the kind of reach that their community has too. along with that of like when they talk bad about a specific person, there's many times where I see where their community yep. hears that and goes after the other person. Yeah, And that wasn't the intent of the streamer. The streamer or, you know, whoever said it was just, you know, we're human. You get pissed off. Shit goes sideways. You get angry. You say something you don't mean. But the problem is when you say that in front of tens of thousands of people yeah then it gets you know it gets clipped it gets thrown everywhere well then spread like
0: wildfire and yeah. then
2: you're, you know people from your community who are like oh well if that's the way this is we're against you know we're gonna go take it to that person because they caused this and so then they bring it to that person well then their only response is the streamer can have a good response but their fans do the same thing back and it turns into this yeah whole drama thing that can that can really mess up people's careers yeah um on the wrong end of it, just because the you know, and again, that's not the streamer's initial intent. Most you know, sometimes, yeah. sometimes they are actively trying to do that, Some but times, a, yeah. a lot of times I think they're not trying to do that. And It's just something happens that's wrong, and you know, they say something, they're either misinterpreted. Their fan base starts it, and once their fan base has it, it gets ramped up into something totally ridiculous, yeah. and it gets you know, ran I mean, over. It, it and
1: gets it gets out of their control at that point, and yeah. and 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 that's that's why I think it. It it comes down to being aware, being aware of your reach, aware of the impact that your actions and your words have, mm-hmm. and and you know curating yourself based on that. And I and I yeah. think that that contributes to why a lot of streamers and a lot of content creators are have turned themselves sort of into characters a little bit mm-hmm. to sort of, to to separate themselves from who they are in real life, and because they have to curate their content at a certain yeah. level. And, and they have to pay attention to what they're saying and what they're putting out into the world because of the impact that has, like you said, mm-hmm. of, of, of what their fan base is going to do with it.
2: Yeah, I mean, there's and, and with that, it's it's difficult. You know, I find it difficult personally, you know, only streaming a couple of days a week that even like, sec- you know, if I'm not feeling it that day, it's tough to go live because then you can't, you know, you can't yeah. be that character, be that person that you're supposed to be because you're just in a bad mood and any little thing mm-hmm. is going to make it worse. And so some days it may not be, you know, and we rarely see it with these large streamers because they're so used to that now. But you know, there's some yeah. days it's probably better just just not go live.
0: Yeah, they can just hide it a lot better. Yeah. Well,
2: and they they've been doing this for years, so they know what deal they, with what it. They're doing, and this is their this is their routine, and it'd be the same yeah. thing. As you go into work, you know, go. They view it as the same thing as, as us going into work during the day. Yeah, yeah. and that's and that's the big, big part. Day, of it, I go it. to work, and I. Act the way I need to act. Yeah,
1: and and that's that's a big part of it is like this is their career, so it's it, like yeah. they're they're treating it a lot different than probably some people on the lower end are mm-hmm. who who this isn't their their source of income. This this yeah. isn't their career. This isn't what they mm-hmm. do for a living. It's
2: it's a hobby. Yeah, it's a hobby or something you want to do on the side or you know for fun and you. But you can still. There's still many people that get huge followings just yeah. as with it as a hobby. Yeah. And but but I fun.
1: think I think anyone who who wants to get to that point, who, who wants to try and make a career out of content creation, needs to go in it with the mindset of understanding the impact of what they're making is going to have. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, and and, and like, like you said, like even as a hobby, you can get to that point. So it's, even, yeah. if, even if you're not curating it the same way someone who does it professionally would, it's still mm-hmm. something you should be aware of. Because because if you're if you're regularly having an impact on even, you know, 100 plus people, those are 100 people who are going to take what you say to heart and go talk on social media about
2: it. And I think it's a number. Um, A lot of people view chat as just a number. And so like to some people, 100, you know, 100 people in chat is very small. That's an auditorium of people watching you. Ten people is an entire room of people Mm -hmm. sitting and only listening or watching your content like put that in terms of how like how much space a body fills yeah and and then it starts to in my opinion at least because i i saw a post a while back that was like that it's like hey if you're streaming Mm -hmm. to 12 people that's a small room If you start streaming to 100 people 100 plus people that's an auditorium and it's like it really puts it into perspective of how many people you are reaching at Mm -hmm. that point in time for sure
0: well to carry over that thought if I see a number of 100 people in my chat. Who knows? What if they have it up on TV and the rest of the families in the back mm-hmm. watching? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? They may, you say something stupid or you're acting out like a, like a fool or something. They may turn it off and never come back, but that was five people watching you. Yeah. You know, we're in people's homes, and to be honest with you, we are fortunate that the internet works this way for mm-hmm. us. Mm-hmm you know much like us in our show you know we've got uh the youtube channel we we're on twitch we've got the the uh the podcast spotify. spotify i mean there's so many ways that we can reach out and and get invited into people's homes that yeah to some extent you know we have to carry a certain bit of there's there, there's respect.
1: a respect yeah there's and there's there's a responsibility that comes with it and and I think I think that's something that a lot of people aren't aware of when they first starting start trying to get into content creation because because <laughs> they're, they're worried about about how am I how am I going to reach people how am I going to like yeah. what what sort of content am I going to create do I have the content to fill you know however many hours however many minutes in a YouTube video things like that and they're and they're not necessarily worried about the impact that 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 content is going to have and <laughs> and I think anybody who wants to get into it professionally needs to consider that from. From the ground up.
2: Yeah. If you're if you're looking to become even a moderately sized streamer, that's that's the way you should go into looking at it. And you should still be concerned about all those other things, but you should also be very concerned with the impact that you have on people because that gets around just Mm. as much as you know, yeah. You you supporting, you know, as, as we talked about earlier, you you going into communities and supporting the community and then you know, and obviously doing it because you love the community, well, you will get that back you know yeah. people will respond back to you but in if you're time. in time yeah I, i'm not going to i'm not trying to say it's going to be instant but like <laughs> if you're putting all this in because you truly love a community the community will come back with yeah. love to you but if if on stream you're you know you're just spewing hate and other things that's going to get around to people and people are mm. suddenly very very suddenly going to not want you in their communities yeah and and it's
1: especially on on mixer because uh, yeah. I, and i don't know if it's it's as much an issue now but I know when Mixer was in its younger days, a lot of its a lot of its audience was in that younger demographic, and so well it's, when it
0: was Beam, it was that way. Yeah,
1: and and because you know a lot of a lot of kids who were really into Fortnite came to Mixer because F- Mixer got really big because of Fortnite, um, and mm-hmm. and that's something that like you know a lot of Mixer streamers tended to be particularly aware of that because. You know, Mixer had certain things in play because of the younger audiences and things like that, and it's you know that's a very impressionable crowd, um, and it's and it's important for you know you to be aware of that if those sorts of people are coming in and watching you because you are a role model to those kids. Even even if even if your you have you know five viewers in your viewer count, this kid sees you on on stream playing a game and it's like i want to be like that guy i want to play games like this guy and be on screen like that it's like it doesn't matter how many how many viewers you have like somebody Mm -hmm. might pop into your stream and be like this is cool i want to be like this guy things like
2: that it's -hmm. well and and with with mixer being so integrated into the xboxes and and whatnot too it's so easy for you for people to come over and find you especially if you get a host or if you get promoted uh, onto the front page of things, it's very quickly for you to be in front of thousands of people. Yeah. Uh, well, with how, even, you know, Mixer works and all that. Go ahead.
0: Even with it being being carried forward to Mixer, if you look at the game selection and what the top games are and compare them to Twitch as a platform, it was day and night uh, years ago.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: You know, Forza or uh, need for speed or those type of games on mixer were outdoing you know call of duties the destinies all that stuff on twitch at one point mm-hmm. well and it's just two different demographic as, uh, of viewers
2: well there's there's that but there's also on mixer a lot of those games had mixer integration yeah and so yeah. you could get things in game i know with forza horizon 4 if you streamed it or watched a stream who was doing it you would get in-game items from doing that sort of a, a so precursor you, to all the twitch prime stuff <laughs> mm-hmm. and so you you could uh you know you could do that and so you would get just stuff in game you know because you, in game you have to build up you know rep and stuff like that you would just get rep for for sitting and watching those and and that was really cool to see it spawned some stuff that wasn't great in my opinion but it's still very cool to see that game makers are taking this into you know effect yeah. and, and see that
1: and like like, like has come up a couple of times in the show, like it, in some ways, this really is the next step in entertainment and, and, and mm-hmm. the seeing which companies take advantage of that and which ones don't is, is, is going to be going to be telling to what, to what's successful in the next, in mm-hmm. the coming, especially in the coming months when a lot of other forms of entertainment are not accessible. <laughs> yeah. Um, but we're uh we're we're nearing time to time to wrap up. Any final thoughts no. from you guys?
0: Love one another. If you're looking to build communities, keep in mind that there is a lot of other people with other mindsets. Find those that want to be successful, latch onto them if they fit, you know, mm-hmm. who you are as a person. Um and that's it for me.
1: Be, be kind to one another and, and, you know, lift each other up.
2: I'm going to quote Deej. Uh, <laughs> be excellent to each other, and I also want everyone to stay safe in these times.
1: Yeah. Um, if you're listening to us after the fact, uh, you can watch us live on twitch.tv slash late night looters every Monday, 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Uh, you can also follow us on Twitter at Twitter at, at late looters on Twitter. Um, Jedi, do you want to plug the form?
0: Yes. If you're watching us on stream right now I and mean, you would like to uh, submit a topic for us to cover, again, they are screened prior to down below. Click that link, take you there, fill it out, and then uh, we'll uh, review it.
1: You can also find our audio on uh, Anchor, Spotify, uh Google Podcasts, and I think a couple other spots uh, join on me by Late on by late Night Looters. Um, I'm Rain44. You can find me on Twitter at MagicalRain, Rain spelled R-A-E-N. You can also find me on Mixer at Mixer.com slash Rain44.
2: And I'm CS. You can find me on Twitter at the underscore, real underscore CS1140 and on Mixer at Mixer.com slash CS1140.
0: I'm A Jedi. You can find me on Twitter at @XJediX or on Twitch at twitch.tv/ajedi.
1: Thanks for listening everybody. We'll see you next time.